Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. The psalmist declared that my soul shall make a boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be made glad. Hey, I need y'all to do me a favor this morning and make a boast in the Lord from your soul on this morning. Come on, begin to declare something unto him. Father, we bless you. God, we honor you in this place. We worship you in this place. God, we exalt you in this place. God, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. God, there's none like you. Come on, begin to make a boast in the Lord. We honor you on today, God. We lift your name on high, God. We exalt you, God. We bless you, God. All we can say, God, is hallelujah. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. God, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. I know it's cold outside. I know it's a few of us, but can we boast in the Lord on this morning? Come on, do me a favor. Boast in the Lord. Father, come on. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up a voice unto him. We bless your name on today, God. God, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. God, there's none like you, God. We searched all over and could find none like you. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the Lord's presence on today. Grateful for who he is in my life. I was just sharing with my wife on yesterday. Many of you know, and um, you know, sometimes the Bible says that Lord, teach us to number our days so that we may live uh, more wisely. And I was just thinking about uh, Pastor Tony Tate the other day. You can make so many plans for the year. And um, you never know what God has planned for you. Um, so we should live, live each day like it's our last. And when I say that, when we have an opportunity to bless his name, should never take that for granted. Somebody say amen. We bless your name on today, Lord. I want us to go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. It's so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. I want us to look at verses 26 through 28. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. I've been on this series called Unshakable. Somebody say unshakable. I believe we're in some turbulent times. Some times of great trouble. An enemy wants to use this season of trouble to trouble our souls. But somebody say the devil is a lie. We can be unshakable. Let's look at verse number 26. The Bible says, whose voice, speaking of God, then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may be remain. Somebody say, that's me and you. Verse 28 says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably 
with reverence and godly fear. I know I ain't put verse number 29, but I love this. The Bible says, for our God is a consuming fire. Verse 28 says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Somebody say, let us have grace. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning, God's purpose in shaking. Uh, I, I don't think we, we like when our lives are turned upside down. We don't like when our agendas are shifted. But somebody say God has a purpose even in that. Even in that, you know, t- sometimes we get those calls that are unexpected and our lives are begin to become shaken. But God has purpose. And I believe one of the most difficult things for believers is how to make sense of seasons of shaking. Somebody say why? Because in seasons of shaking, God's presence can seem distant. You okay, Cartes? I know you have to leave as well. Notice this, God's protection can seem non-existent. And even God's purpose can seem incoherent. I don't know about y'all, but when when trouble is in our lives, God can sometimes seem distant. Uh, when, when, when trouble is all around me, God's protection can seem non-existent. And, and when trouble is all around me, even God's purpose can seem incoherent. Somebody say lacking clarity. I don't know about y'all, but I'm just saying I'm preaching to myself this morning because if we can be honest, even this season of shaking has caused many believers to feel if God's presence has been distanced. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for Cartes? Such a he's such a um, humble young man. He always steps in when we need him. So pray the Lord continues to bless his um, the work of his hands. God's protection has caused many believers to feel like it's non-existent. And, and, and watch this. God's purpose in this season has been incoherent for even the most devout believers. And, and when this is the case, it makes it difficult. Watch this to not be troubled by trouble. Uh, y- y- y'all know that when God feels far away, when I don't know if I'm going to survive this pandemic, when I don't understand what God is doing in this season, it can make it difficult for trouble not to trouble me. I don't know. about if, if, I, if I'm just speaking the truth, it can be difficult. And here's one of the reasons why, because it's easy for believers to worry when we fail to know God's why. Did y'all hear what I just said? It's easy to worry when I don't know why God is doing a thing in a season. I never want to be in a season and not know what God is doing or why God is doing a thing because it will cause me, somebody say, to worry. It causes many believers to worry. Many believers are worrying in this season because we don't know what and why God is doing the thing. And as believers, I know y'all may not say this, but in your spirits, we always want to know why God has a reason for our affliction. We want to know God's why for the attacks on our life. And we want to know what God's why for the adversity. Y'all know when you've been serving God, when you've been faithful to God, when you've been laboring for God, when you've been on your face praying to God when you've been trying to do right and adversity hits you you want to know why I've been serving you God I've been faithful to you God I've given my life to you and now attacks come in my life somebody say I want to know the why and when I don't know the why and I know that I'm doing all that God has called me to do it causes me watch this somebody say to worry And the reason why many of us are troubled by the trouble of this season, because we do not know God's why in this season. 
Even the psalmist declared this during the season of shaking in Psalm 2 and 1. Notice what he says. He says, why do the nations rage? And why do people plot a vain thing? Because the psalmist, watch this, desired to know God's purpose in a season so that he can persevere. He, he didn't say, God, I need you to change the outcome. He didn't say, God, I need you to stop the plots. He did not say, God, I need you to cause the nations to stop raging. I just want to know your purpose in this season. Because when I can understand God's purpose for a season, it helps me, somebody say, persevere through a season. God, all I need to know is why. And I know God does not always express intently why he's doing a thing, but he will give us a, a, a level of foundation for why he's doing a thing. God's purpose in seasons of shaking is so that we can persevere through seasons of shaking. Because watch this, despite the troubles of this world, God still has a why in the midst of trouble. We've got to understand that despite what's going on in your life, despite those that have turned their back on you in certain seasons, despite those that you thought would be faithful to you in one season, found to be unfaithful in another season. Somebody say God still has a why. And many of us get so caught up in the act that we do not realize that God is doing something in the midst of all of that. Y'all staying with me? Uh, so I've got to figure out God's purpose, God's purpose. Therefore, if we want to be unshakable in seasons like this, we need to understand the why and what God is doing in seasons of shaking. Uh, we've got to understand that. And I believe we find the answers to God's why and what in seasons like this in our foundational text. And I think it's important to note something in our foundational text. Notice verse number 26. I believe I'll put it on our screen. Uh, notice what verse number 26 says, and I'm going to read it to you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 says, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. In other words, I need us to understand, I know we did not know that this would happen, but seasons like this are not peculiar. In other words, the Bible says, whose voice then shook the earth. In other words, uh, God has done this, somebody say, before. I know you may be only 40-some. I know you may only be 50-some. I know we may be only 60-something. But years before, God has had a season like this. So, so, so hear this. I know it's difficult, but anytime you face trouble, you've got to know that these seasons are not peculiar. The other thing I got, I got to understand that seasons of shaking are promised. The Bible says, but now he has promised saying. So I've got to know that although that God has done something like this before, somebody say he'll do it again. That means once you come out of one season of trouble, I know you feel, thank God, you, you praising God. You done gave your biggest offering because God done got you out of some mess. Somebody say you'll be in mess another day. Because seasons of shaking, watch this, if God has done it before, the Bible says he'll also do it again. So I've got to prepare myself to know that seasons like this will come upon me again. And here's the other thing, seasons of shaking have purpose. In other words, the Bible says, yes, once more, once more I shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. In other words, I've got to know that God has purpose in seasons of trouble. God will do something through this. Somebody say, God will do something through this. If I am faithfully walking with the Lord, if I find myself in trouble 
in seasons of trouble, God will use that trouble, somebody say, for my good. We run away from seasons that God wants to use something, somebody say, for me. Uh, So I've got to know this. I need us to understand this. And why is this significant? Because when you know God has used seasons like this before, when God will use seasons like this again, and that God has intentions to use seasons like this, we don't have to be troubled by seasons of trouble. I don't want to be troubled by seasons of trouble because I know another day, another day of trouble will come. That God has done this before. God ain't picking on you. Somebody say he's done this before. And this is my prayer this morning that we can understand God's why and what for this season, his purpose, so that we can be unshaken in even seasons like this. So hear this. Let's examine the text. Let's look at verse 27a. The Bible says, now this yet once more indicates the removal of things. Somebody say the world that are being shaken. In other words, God uses seasons of shaking to take away that which purpose is to trouble your soul. Y'all got to catch this and catch this real good. In seasons of trouble, what what the Lord really wants to do is to remove things out of your life whose purpose is to trouble your soul. Uh, God, that may be trouble going on around me, but God never uses that trouble to trouble my soul. So what God is really trying to do is somebody say remove some things. He's trying to remove some things in our life. And that's good news. That means if we can remain in seasons of trouble, God will remove all those things that desire to trouble us. Uh, This is good, y'all. This is why our foundational text says the removal of those things. In other words, some versions say of the world that are being shaken. That means, watch this. God uses the trouble not to trouble you, but watch this to trouble the wicked. God ain't using trouble to trouble you. He's using it to trouble the wicked. He's not using trouble to trouble you, but he's using it to trouble those things that are worldly. That's what the old church used to say. And watch this. He's using trouble to trouble the things that are not of his will. God always uses seasons like this. This is why the Bible says that in season, in all seasons, that we should be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That means God knows that there'll be seasons of trouble, but he wants the believers to be steadfast. So he's using the se- the, these seasons to remove things that are not rooted in him. Did y'all catch what I just said? I've got to be rooted in him. So God says anything that's not rooted in me, I'm going to remove it. Somebody say be rooted in him. I've got to be rooted in him. God's purpose in seasons of shaking, watch this, is to discard that which is carnal. That means in seasons like this, God's desire, watch this, is that the wicked do not prosper. In seasons like this is that the world not have pleasure. And in seasons like this, even those outside his will, I know we may not like this, but will perish. Did y'all catch what I just said? He does not want the wicked to prosper in seasons of trouble. He does not want the world to have pleasure in seasons of trouble. And he does not want anything that, that is not in his will. He wants it to perish in seasons of trouble. I've got to be, somebody say this again, rooted. Uh, this is why even David asks, notice this, David asks in Psalm 94, how long shall the wicked prosper? Y'all know that's been one of my one of my things I've been bringing up to my wife. I'm like, God, how 
how long will the wicked prosper? In other words, we start to look over our life and we're like, God, I've been serving you so well. Now see folk that ain't even serving you that look like they're prospering. And God says, if you'll just remain and be rooted in this season, I'll remove the wicked. This is why when God says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, he's trying to remove the wicked out of the way so that God's believers can watch this prosper. But if you don't remain, you'll never prosper in seasons like this. God uses seasons of trouble to set up the believer, somebody say, to prosper. I want to prosper and end the season, but somebody say this again, I've got to be rooted. I've got to be rooted. And notice what notice how God responds to David in verse 23 of Psalm 94. I believe we got it on the screen. The Bible says he has brought on them their own iniquity. And he says, and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. The Lord, our God, shall cut them off. Oh, I know we don't like this because we got some wicked people that we connected to. That means God uses chaotic seasons like this to cut off the carnal. Ooh, that's good news. We may not like this, but the reality is that God uses seasons of shaking as judgment for the wicked. Y'all got to stay with me because I know we don't like this. We've got to know the only reason that God, and remember what I said, God is the one who ordains seasons. He determines seasons. He dictates seasons. God has dominion over seasons. So he uses seasons of trouble, watch this, as a level of judgment on the wicked. This is why I told us in previous sermons that we've got to make sure that we find ourselves, somebody say clean. Uh, So if we want, this is why in um, chaotic seasons like this, we must ensure that the Lord finds us just. If not, we're subject to his judgment. This is where God does a lot of his filtering of unbelievers. Those that say I'm really of God are filtered out in seasons of trouble. Y'all know folk that say I love God and I, I love God. I'm, I'm, I'm serving God. But when trouble shows up at his doorsteps, God uses seasons of trouble. Somebody say as a filter. So I've got to, I want to make sure that when seasons of judgment comes, God finds me. Somebody say just. I want to be found just because God uses seasons like this to discard the carnal. Notice what he says in Proverbs 2 verse 21 through 22. The the Bible says, for the upright will dwell in the land and the blameless will remain in it. Somebody say, God wants me to prosper. Even in seasons like this, we should not be running around like chickens with our head cut off. We should not be the ones that's worrying and falling into anxiety. We should not be the ones that's falling into depression in seasons like this. God says in seasons like this, even the blameless, somebody say, will remain. He, He wants us to remain, but the wicked will be cut off from the earth. And the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. I know we probably don't like this sermon this morning, but I want us not to be troubled by trouble. This means as believers, we have the ability to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, even in seasons of shaking. When the Lord washes, can find us clean. Therefore, in seasons like this, we've got to ask ourselves, are we more carnal than clean? I'm not... Not do you go to church, but are you more clean than carnal? Not 
that you got your name on the roster, but are you more clean than carnal? Because watch this, I, I, I want you to understand that this seasons like this reveal more of your carnality than anything else. It really shows somebody say, what's in me? It shows seasons like this show what's in me. The folk that, that, that's, that's losing their mind, it shows what's in them. Because if so, um, we might find ourselves, watch this, if we're more carnal than clean, being cut off by the Lord. And here's one of the reasons why we don't have to be troubled by seasons of trouble. Because in seasons like this, the wicked that desires to deter you, watch this, God desires to discard. The world that desires to distract you, God desires to discard. And those outside his will that desire to defeat you, God desires to discard. This is why the Bible says, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You ain't got to fight no battle in seasons like this because God uses seasons like this to remove those that are trying to trouble you. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. Folk that was getting on my nerves, I don't know about y'all, but they ain't showing up in this season. Somebody say they've been discarded. The good news is that we can endure seasons of trouble when we know God uses seasons of trouble to discard his enemies. And we've got to be we've got to be able to declare as believers that this season ain't intended to trouble me. It's intended to trouble God's enemies. Somebody say change your perspective. This season ain't intended to trouble me. It's intended. Watch this to trouble and discard God's enemies. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. And this is why Luke 3.17 declares this, for his winning, winnowing fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Somebody say seasons of shaking. Seasons of shaking are like fire for the unfaithful. This is why it's so critical when things are going well. Somebody say, I've got to prepare myself. When things are going well, that's when I need to be on my face. Those are the seasons where I need to be seeking the Lord. These are the seasons where the Bible says, let every man examine himself. Because like the old folks say, it'll all come out in the wash. And seasons like this are the washing of God. Somebody say, it'll all come out in the wash. I just want to know what's going to come out. What's going to come out? Somebody say, what's going to come out? This is why God's purpose in seasons of shaking is to discard the carnal. And if we don't want to be troubled, um, to trouble us, we must find ourselves. Somebody say clean. So I want us to look at verse 27b. The Bible says that that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. It's, uh, It's critical to understand that God not only uses seasons of shaking to discard or dispense his judgment, but he also uses it to distinguish those who are just. Did y'all hear what I just said? He uses it as his purpose, yeah, to, to dispense judgment, but he's also looking for who is just, who is just. Uh, this is critical. And somebody may be saying, what do I mean? Those that are not bothered by seasons of shaking reveal that they belong to God. Ask your neighbor, do you belong to God? That means how you respond to trouble reveals your relationship with the Father. 
That's a critical question, y'all, that y'all got to y'all got to catch that. How I respond to trouble reveals my relationship with the father. Uh, what's your relationship like with the father? So the critical question you got to ask yourself is what has this season of trouble revealed about your relationship to God? Do you belong to him? Y'all got to ask yourself, some of y'all are some illegitimate children. How do I belong to him? Because if you belong to him in seasons of trouble, you watch this, you will respond like him. Notice what our foundational text says, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Somebody say may remain. This word remain in our foundational text is the Greek word mino, which means to stay, stand or remain steadfast. In other words, it's the fruit of the spirit. It's, it's this thing called long suffering. And those who display the fruit of the spirit in seasons of trouble, it signifies that they belong to the father. I, 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 we've got to do a fruit check in seasons of trouble because it reveals if I really belong to the father. Oh, some of y'all belong to the Satan, of uh, the, the father of lies. And this is why the Lord uses seasons of trouble. Watch this to distinguish God's chosen. Consider Matthew 7, 18 through 20. Notice what it says. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Somebody say by their fruits. Uh, by, by their fruits. So, so it's critical to understand God's chosen are distinguished by the fruit they bear. And it's important to know, watch this, that seasons of shaking, watch this, are seasons of harvest. Y'all, y'all got, when, when God, when everything's well, somebody say those are seasons of preparation. Those are seasons of preparation and God is looking for us to bear some fruit at the time of harvest. So what he's really saying is that when I look down in seasons of trouble, I'm trying to see who bears fruit that looks like me. Have you really been prepared for this season? Because it distinguishes me, watch this, as God's chosen. I want to be God's chosen. I don't know about y'all, but I want to be God's chosen. So the critical question, watch this, we must ask ourselves is, what harvest, or in other words, what fruit has been reaped in this season? Has our harvest been faith or fear? Has our harvest been steadfastness or sin? And has our harvest been long-suffering? Are we simply just lost? Because how you respond in seasons of trouble reveal who you are. Somebody might be saying, okay, Pastor Keith, I get that. All of that is good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm God's child. I get that. But here's, here's why this is significant. One of the reasons that being distinguished in seasons of trouble is so significant, because it will determine if you will be devoured. It's not just so that I can have a title that I'm God's child, but somebody say, I don't want to be devoured. First Peter five and eight reminds us that your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So 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 in other words, what the enemy really is looking if you if you, when you you become a candidate to be devoured when you fail to be God's chosen. And somebody may be saying why? Because the enemy knows that there is nothing in you. When you, don't, when, it, when you don't bear any fruit, the enemy knows you're a candidate to be devoured. Yeah. 
So it's not that I just want to parade around with a title and say that I'm God's chosen. But somebody say, I don't want to be devoured in this season. I want to make sure that I'm so prepared in such a way that in this season, God might find fruit in me. And not only that God finds fruit in me, that the, somebody say that the enemy finds fruit in me. Oh, y'all don't like that. Somebody say the enemy need to find fruit in me. So I, I'm not a candidate to be devoured. And notice what Romans 8, 19 declares. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. That's critical, y'all. Not only does the enemy, the entire creation wait for the revealing of the sons of God, but so does the enemy. Somebody say, so does the enemy. He's, he's looking for those that he can bring on his side. And not only that, the Bible says that the enemy's desire is to kill, steal, and destroy. I think we, we take the enemy too lightly, y'all. He's coming to kill, steal, somebody say, and destroy. So if he finds us with nothing in us, we become a candidate, watch this, to be destroyed. That's a sad reality, y'all. I know y'all might, this ain't, this ain't no happy message today, I'm sorry. This is why we need to ensure that we're God's children in seasons of trouble. Because God's purpose is to distinguish God's chosen. I, I want to be God's chosen. I don't want to be devoured in this season. Somebody say, so I've got to be prepared. You don't want to be troubled by the trouble of this season. You got to be distinguished as God's chosen. And here it is, I'm out y'all way. Let's look at verse number 28. The Bible says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace. This ain't really in my notes, but I felt this in my spirit, and I wish I could dig deeper into this. If you're taking notes, one of the purposes that I saw in this text is that, watch this, God uses seasons of trouble to demonstrate that he's still in control. Did y'all hear what I just said? He, he uses seasons like this to demonstrate that he's still in control. I know I got another point, but notice what the Bible says. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Somebody say he's still in control. If, if, I'm, if I'm a part of God's kingdom, that means nothing that the enemy tries to do in this season can cause me to be shaken because God is still on the throne. I've got to know that God's on the throne. And one of the reasons that people lose their mind is because they do not believe that God is on the throne. He demonstrates that he's still in control. That's good news right there to me. I don't know about y'all, but somebody say he's still in control. Uh, no matter what the enemy does, he's still in control. No matter what our president does, he's still in control. Oh, that's good news. But here, I want to get to my point. God desires in seasons of trouble is to draw us closer to him. I said this when the pandemic first hit and I felt this so intensely in my spirit that I felt like that God was using this pandemic because we had put too many people and things on pedestals above God. And one of the reasons why he had to shut down sanctuaries is because we put pastors on pedestals that they did not belong. We put the antics and the theatrics of church on a pedestal where they did not belong. 
So when God causes, when God shakes up the normalcy of your life, when all things are going well and God begins to shake things up, it's really to get you, somebody say back to him. You can ask the prodigal son, when he left, he thought he had an inheritance. He thought all things were well. And then he found himself, somebody say, in some trouble. And God used that trouble to get that prodigal son back to the father. So whenever trouble starts to come in my life, I've got to know that at some point what God is really trying to say, I'm trying to get you to come back to me. Somebody say God is calling me. God is calling me. So notice this, Notice what the latter portion of verse 28 in our foundational text says. The Bible says, let us have grace. Because any portion of God's grace is only accessible when we pursue him. You'll never really have a portion of God's grace void of his presence. Somebody say, I need his presence. And I said this, and it's important to understand that grace is received by pursuing his presence. And watch this, grace is also gives us access to his presence. I, need, I, I, I want you to see something in the text. Notice what Ezra 9 and 8 says. The Bible says, and now for a little while, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant, remnant to escape and to give us a peg in his holy place. That our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. Somebody say in trouble. In other words, grace reserves our place in his presence. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. In other words, what I'm trying to say, when God causes trouble in our lives, one of the purposes of it is to deepen our covenant with him. God wants to deepen our covenant with him. Somebody say, not with your mama, not with your pastor. Somebody say, with him. And and notice this, that means I don't have to be troubled by trouble when I know there's a place reserved for me. I want y'all to understand this. This is why the prodigal son came to his senses because he knew that there was a place in his father's house that was reserved for him. So in seasons of trouble, when I know things are going in disarray, there's a place that has been reserved for me. Somebody say, in God. And when I find myself in God, nothing can trouble me. Nothing can move me. Nothing can deter me. Nothing can destroy me when I have my place. Somebody say, reserved in God. So here's the question to consider. Trouble doesn't have to trouble us when we know that there's a place reserved for us and that place is in his presence. But here's a critical question. During seasons of trouble, do you willingly draw towards him? That's a critical question because a lot of believers who say I love God, that I live for God, don't draw themselves to God in seasons of trouble. And all God is trying to say is that I've made reservations for you. God says there's a place in me where nothing in this world can trouble you. But you have to willingly, somebody willing, say willingly come. I, I've got to willingly, nobody wants to make reservations and you don't show up. It, 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 it makes no sense for me to make effort to take my wife out to some place that's really nice. And I had to somebody say make reservations. And then I miss my reservation. So what? was reserved for her, she could never partake in. God says, I got something for you, even in seasons of trouble, and it's been reserved for you. Somebody say, all I got to do is show up. 
And why is this significant? Because for many people to include believers, covenant is only as good as their convenience. Uh, what, what am I trying to say? People know how to be faithful in marriage when it's convenient, but what happens when disagreement arises? People know how to be committed to friendships when it's convenient, but what happens when distance arises? Y'all know we don't move too far away. Does, is that friendship really committed? And people know how to keep their vows when it's convenient, but what happens when deceit arises? Uh, despite what may be going on, covenant should draw us closer to God. It's either going to reveal your covenant with him or it's going to cause you to draw towards him. God, covenant ain't really. When, me and Pastor Cole can be as cool as all our those, but you don't really understand covenant until disagreement arises. Can I remain in relationship with him? So God uses seasons like this to deepen our covenant with him. Somebody say that's good news. He just wants to be, somebody say, in relationship with me. And this is why Psalm 50, 15 says this, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. That's all, all this means that God simply wants us to call on him. And somebody may be saying, why is this significant? Because Satan's strategy in this season is to scatter the sheep. What God really wants, what I'm, excuse me, what Satan really wants to do is to scatter the sheep. And Jesus speaks of this in Matthew 26, 31, that, that, that he uses seasons of trouble to scatter the sheep. And this is why I, I, I'm not knocking nobody. Somebody may be watching right now, but we got more saints sleeping in than in the sanctuary. Somebody say scattered. We've, we've got more saints saying I'm going to shop than be in the sanctuary. Somebody say they're scattered. And we've got more saints sinning in this season than in the sanctuary. They're scattered. And watch this. They walked into the plan and the strategy of Satan. Because in, in seasons like this, just as God has a purpose, somebody say the enemy does as well. He wants to scatter us. And watch this. I, I, I like watching stuff like the Discovery Channel and animals and stuff like that. Whenever lions attack, they always want to scatter the, 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 the pride. They want to scatter the group of animals. They want to get the one that's, that's um, most vulnerable. Somebody say isolated. isolated. And that's exactly what the enemy does in seasons like this. To cause us to be scattered. When I used to call on this one to pray for me, I no longer call. When I used to be the one that's first to be in line so that I might find my place in the place of worship, the enemy wants to scatter me. The same people that used to say, Pastor, I just love your word. I, I, Pastor, I just believe God called me here. Now I can't, even, I can't even get a text back from them. Somebody say they're scattered. Not realizing that they've walked right alongside and in the strategy of saying. Tell your neighbor, don't be scattered. God only says I want to use this season to deepen my covenant with you. In the most basic terms, here's what covenant means. That when you call on him, he's faithful to come through. Oh, that's good news. Because watch this, in seasons of trouble, God wants believers to know that he's a promise-keeping God. That he's a personal God. And that's only revealed, somebody say, in covenant. I'm done, y'all. When it's difficult for a believer to make sense of a season, 
then Satan will always have the advantage. When I don't know the why of why the affliction, why the adversity, why the attacks, Satan will always have an advantage. And the enemy can easily trouble us when we don't know God's why and what for a season. But here's the good news. God has a purpose even for seasons of shaking. God uses seasons of shaking, here's the good news, to discard the carnal. There there are things in this world that their whole purpose is to trouble your soul. And if I can remain in seasons of trouble, someone say God will remove that. Not only that, God uses seasons of trouble to distinguish God's chosen. I I, want to be found, somebody say, rooted in him. And not only that, he also uses these seasons of trouble and shaking to ensure and deepen our covenant with God. I don't want to walk in line with the strategy of Satan. God has both a plan and a purpose for seasons of shaking. And beyond our foundational text, I need us to see this. That this benefit is not only um, for God, but it, it also benefits, it, it not only benefits us, but it also benefits God. Somebody say it benefits God. Notice what a lot of portion of verse 28 says. By which we may serve God acceptable with reverence and godly fear. Here's what God ultimately wants to do in seasons of trouble. He wants to find delight in our courage. I want God to find delight in me. That nothing, that although there's all this stuff going on around me, that God can find me steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I want God to find delight in me. Listen, I don't just want to survive this season. Somebody say, I want God to be pleased. And many of us are just trying to find how to get through. We're we're trying to find how to navigate. But nobody's saying, God, I want you to find find pleasure in me in this season. Y'all sung it this morning. Somebody say, can God find delight in me? God uses this season for all of that. But ultimately, we want God to find delight in us. Let us stand to our feet. I know this is a difficult season for many. Beyond the pandemic, I believe many believers are going through their own personal seasons of shaking and trouble. But someone say God has a purpose. I know we don't like it, but God has a purpose. Father, we bless you. We honor you, God, for your presence. We honor you, God, for who you are. God, we honor you, God, that we may not know all the details for this season, but God, we do know you have a desire for this season. God, matter of fact, you ain't even got to reveal all the details. We'll rest in the fact, God, that you have a desire for even for seasons of trouble. Trouble may be all around us, but God, we thank you for your purpose. So God, I pray for these believers now. Those that are in seasons of their own trouble, God calls them to know, God, this is not a peculiar season. You've done this before. Cause them to know, God, that this season has been promised, God. So, matter of fact, God, you'll do it again. And God, but we thank you, God, that you have purpose in these seasons. So, God, we rest in your purpose. God, let us be found in your purpose. And God, we thank you, God, the things that want to trouble our soul. God, you said, God, you'll discard the carnal. Let us find ourselves in this season of judgment. I know we don't like to think of you as a God of judgment. 
But you are God. You're still the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. God, this season is a season of judgment. So help us to find ourselves just and clean before you. And God, we thank you, God, that even as you use this to discard that which is carnal, God, you also use it to distinguish your chosen. God, I pray for these believers. God, I believe they've been prepared. I believe, God, you've deposited some stuff in them, God. God, cause that stuff to rise up in this season. God, all that is within them, let it, God, um, be made manifest. Fruit, God, that is pleasing to your sight. Help us to respond like you. For God, if we do not find ourselves chosen, we're candidates to be devoured. So, God, we pray. And, God, we thank you, God, that we deepen our covenant with you. Draw us to you, God. Draw us closer, God, we pray. God, let us be hidden in you. For, God, you have a place reserved for us. God, let us not miss out, God, on that place that's been reserved. If we can do all of that, if we can have courage in the season, God, you'll find delight in us. And for God, that we say thank you. For every believer that believe. And God, that that simply want to please the Lord in seasons even like this. Somebody say amen. 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 Give God a hand clap of prayer. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm still contemplating where the Lord will take. um, If the Lord wants me to continue the sermon series or I'll pick up the next one. But I pray that it's helped us. I believe one of the most critical things and that I said it this morning that seasons like this will come again. So we want to be prepared that seasons like this don't trouble our soul. And there may be somebody that's watching that says, my soul isn't even secure. And I need to get my relationship. I need a relationship with God. The one who I can hide in. The one who has a place reserved for me. I don't have a relationship with him. If that's you, the good news is that the Bible says it's better to be, um, it's better to be a, a dog than a dead lion. In other words, if you're still living and breathing, you yet have hope. So if God is giving you this opportunity this morning, you want to give your life to Christ, put that in the comment box. I want to give my life to Christ. Maybe somebody this morning, I've been doing church, but I don't know him. That's you, you can just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you can be saved. And all you got to do is what am I confessing? What am I believing? I'm believing that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I'm believing that Jesus is that only Savior. I'm also confessing and believing that Jesus will now be Lord over my life. If you've made that declaration this morning, you can be saved. Let us pray. Father, we bless you. We honor you and thank you. Thank you, God, for this one that has come. For your word declares, God, when one come, heaven rejoices. So, God, we thank you, God, for the one that has now um, come out of darkness and has transitioned now into the marvelous light. And Father, your word declares, God, that anyone that the Father puts in his hands, no man can snatch away. So cause them to know, God, that their life is now secure. Their salvation is now secure. We honor you and love you, God. Connect them with a church. Connect them with a shepherd. Connect them with a family of faith now, God, that can disciple them, encourage them, and help them walk out this journey while on the earth. We love you and adore you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, here's what I want you to do. If you're giving your life to Christ, send us an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Somebody will connect with you. Or you can um, 
Message us right on Facebook. Send us a message. Somebody will connect with you and we'll follow up with you. Here's the second thing I want you to, I want to ask and I want to make this please. Somebody may be saying, I don't have a church family and I want to be connected with this church family. I, I've been watching you, Pastor Keith, online. I've been listening to the worship and I feel connected to this body of faith. Well, if you want to be connected with us, if you want to be in covenant with us, send us a message as well through Facebook or email us at church office at waytemplebay.org and somebody will connect with you. Amen. At this time, I'm going to ask um, my wife if she will come and take us further in the service. Can somebody give a God a hand clap of praise for my wife? I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.